Hey, this is Master Michael Wilson again. Uh, today we have a few like really common questions that we hear from people about martial arts training and uh, if it's right for them. So I'm going to go over, see there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like seven different questions that I'm going to go over and uh, give my answer. And of course, this is, you know, uh, my opinion. So yours may vary. But the first one, am I too old to learn martial arts? Uh, we hear that one quite a bit, especially, oddly enough, it's not so much with people that are in their 60s. It's people that are in their late 30s and in their 40s. You know, that's uh, if you're in your 30s or 40s, you're still young. I, I I'm actually very delighted to bring you that information. You are still young. Um, but no, the answer is no matter what age group that you're in, you are not too old to learn martial arts. Uh, martial arts offer so much, especially for the seniors. You know, if you're in your late 60s, if you're in your 70s, martial arts has a ton to offer you. You know, you, have you ever thought about wanting to feel younger, uh, wanting to get rid of the aches and pains you may have in the morning when you're climbing out of bed? Uh, you ever wanted to increase your flexibility? You wanted to strengthen your uh, uh, skeletal system or your bones? Uh, have you ever wanted to help your thinking and ward off, you know, things that affect the brain like Alzheimer's, um, cardiovascular health for things like strokes and, um, you know, heart blockages? These are all things that the martial arts can do for you. So to answer the question, am I too old for martial arts? No, it's time to get started. If you're if you're asking yourself that question right now then you need to find the right academy for you and you need to get in there and get started. Um, a good academy is going to work with you at your level. So you don't have to worry about, you know, do I have to do the same things as the the 14 year old black belt? Am I going to be held to the same standard and level as, you know, that uh, teenager in their, their early twenties? You know, those are, are things you're not going to have to worry about if you find the right academy for you. But the health benefits are so immense for people, you know, 60 and over, even 50 and over, that you need to be in there and you need to be doing those things for your health and well-being. Um, our next question is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Can a preschool age kid learn martial arts? Um, to answer to that is uh, is kind of a, a loaded question. Can a preschool kid learn all the things that an adult can learn? The answer to that is no. Uh, they can do all the things at a lower skill level than an adult. Uh, the main problem the, the preschool kids have is that their memories are not really fully developed yet. So memorization is just something that should not be expected of you know preschool age kids. But there's a lot to, to offer a, a preschool age kid, and most martial art academies do work with preschoolers. I know uh, I do at our academy, and you know it's a, it's a great program for those kids, and they learn a lot. They get to burn out some energy. They learn fine motor skills. Uh, they learn the basics of self-defense, which they'll build upon as they get a little bit older. Um, you know, obviously, self-defense isn't a huge thing for a preschool age kid. For one, there's not 
you know, a preschool kid, if they decide to, to hit you, it's not going to be that powerful and you're not going to have to worry about your life being ended by a, you know, an angry four-year-old. And two, those kids are so small that defending against an adult is really a, a, it's a fallacy. You know, you're not going to kick and punch your way if you're four years old out of the, the clutches of a full-grown man. It's just not going to happen. So the um, self-defense side of it is more giving them the basics that they can build upon later and giving them the good sense to not get into those situations and um, other ways to, to help remedy those situations if they do find themselves in them. Uh, you know, they learn to use their voice. They learn to pay attention to their surroundings and be observant. Uh, they learn to focus. Uh, so preschoolers can benefit immensely from martial arts training. Uh, there are tons of programs out there specifically for preschoolers as well. So if you have a preschool kid and you're thinking about, you know, would this be beneficial for them? Definitely. Most definitely it will be beneficial. Uh, but don't expect it to be beneficial in the same way it would be for you or another adult because martial arts and those aspects are, they're vastly different. Uh, the next question I have is why do you have to wear a uniform? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Sometimes I uh, hear, you know, uh, comments comparing a martial art uniform to pajamas and whatnot. I can assure you, First off, they are not pajamas. You would not want to go to sleep in any uniform, especially like a uh, like a jujitsu or wrestling style uniform. You would you would bake in that. But anyway, uh, the martial art uniform is very specifically designed for quite a few different reasons. Uh, just on the on the surface, there's a discipline aspect. You know, it's something is part of the the training that you have to do, and you have to get used to doing it in that certain way. So you put on your uniform and that's, you know, the kind of the basics of getting ready for your martial art class. So uh, there's a little bit of discipline aspect in there. Uh, the second one is everybody being equal. So when you come into a class and everyone has on their martial art uniform, everybody is equal. There's nobody that has anything better than anybody else. It's not like when you go to the mall and some people are wearing you know, designer jeans and some people are wearing Walmart jeans and you might be judged because you have the expensive or the cheaper things on. You know, that's the way the world works. But in a martial art academy, everybody has the same uniform. It usually comes from the same place. It has the same printing on it. Uh, the sizes are across the board the same. They fit the same. So it's uh, a way of making everyone equal and making nobody stand out above anybody else. So uh, that's one of the things with the, the martial art uniform too. Uh, the martial art uniform is actually designed while you're in class and you're sweating because you're having a good workout. It's designed to pull that sweat off of your skin and help it evaporate into the air, which keeps you cooler. It helps prevent things like uh, rash uh, and other things that can happen when, uh, you know, your body gets sweaty for a long period of time and has stuff rubbing on it. So uh, helps with dissipating sweat so you can have a better class. And also the dissipation of sweat helps keep you cooler if you're in a, you know, a warmer environment during the summertime. You know, classes can seem like they're a gazillion degrees, even though if you look at the thermostat, it's probably closer to 70 in most of them. Uh, when you're working real hard, it feels really hot. So that dissipation of uh, 
your sweat helps cool you off and make you feel more comfortable. So, um, and then the, the uniform is designed in a, also in a certain way to help you be able to do what you need to do for your class. So they have a big gusting in the crotch of them. So you can, you know, do your flexibility exercises. You can do any kicks at any height level that's uh, necessary for that particular rank or kick that you're doing. And you don't have to worry about splitting your pants. Um, you know, everything about that uniform is designed to be the best attire for that particular activity. Uh, so that is why we wear a uniform in martial arts training. Uh, I know there are some academies that don't do that. They do, you know, T-shirts. I've seen some that do like uh, what are the, those uh, volleyball shorts and uh, tank tops and whatnot. And yes, they're doing that, but they're they're actually losing a lot of the practicality of the, the uniform. You know, they're not getting that uh, sweat wicking material. They don't have the proper uh, uniform to do that, to mechanically do the activity that they're doing. Uh, when you wear shorts and things, it can be very inappropriate if you're doing certain flexibility or kicking exercises. Um, it lacks discipline, in my opinion. You know, if you just turn up in whatever sport where you would like for your class, that uh, that totally takes a, a lot of the discipline out of it. So, uh, yes, there are places that do that. Me personally, I don't like that. Yes, I would be probably more comfortable in my T-shirt and a pair of, uh, you know, pants. But it's not about being um, comfortable in that manner, not like mentally comfortable. It's about being physically comfortable and being able to do what you need to do in the most productive way possible. All right. Anyway, too much on that, uh, that topic. Uh, the next one is, is a junior black belt really a black belt? So this one is basically uh, someone asked, is a kid who has attained a black belt really a black belt? And the answer to that is uh, it depends on where you're at. There are some academies where kids are not permitted to have a full black belt. They get a special black belt or a probationary black belt or a palm belt or, you know, there's a lot of different ways people do that. But um, it's not an actual black belt. They actually call it a, a junior black belt in most cases. Uh, here, when, what we're teaching, the kids and the adults, they learn the same curriculum in our particular martial art. So a kid with a black belt is a black belt. Now, they've learned all the same things. They've performed all the same things, the same patterns, the same drills, the same techniques, uh, they've done all the same stuff as their adult counterparts. But there is an understanding difference between kids and adults. Kids are more based uh, on the excitement of things, and uh, adults are more based on under the understanding and doing things at the highest possible level. So that shows between the children and the adult black belts. If you take a, you know, a 10-year-old black belt and put them beside a 30-year-old black belt, uh, just about every time, not always, there are some exceptions to the rules, but just about every time the adult black belt is going to be much more skilled. They're going to be much better apt to defend themselves if they need be. Um, and they're just going to have a finer quality of technique overall because they get it. They're adults. They're grown. 
But again, the kids and the adults are doing the same thing. So um, it doesn't devalue either the, the adult or the, the child black belt. But it is, a, you know, it is a fact that the, the adult black belt is going to have finer skills and a better ability to physically defend themselves than the child counterpart of the same rank. So is a junior black belt really a black belt? Answer is in some places, no. And in some places, yes. So uh, I'll leave that up to you guys for your debate. Again, me personally, I have no problem with seeing kids uh, being promoted to black belt. I've promoted many children to black belt. But you just have to, to know in your mind that it's just a little bit, the mindset is just a little bit different. So the outcome is a little bit different. But uh, that doesn't diminish the value of one over the other. <clears throat> The next one, <laughs> we kind of already answered this one. Do you teach the same things to kids and adults? Um, again, I know there are some programs where they have a completely different curriculum for a kid than they do for an adult. Um, but here, what I do at, uh, within universal martial art is we have the same curriculum for a kid, an adult, and even a preschooler. They learn the same curriculum too. They may not learn as much of it, but it's the same exact curriculum. There's no difference in the punch a preschool kid does versus a kid versus an adult. That punch that they're, that they're learning at that time and rank is going to be the same across the ages. There's no difference in how it's performed or anything of that nature. So uh, we teach the same thing for kids and adults. It's the same program. It's the same patterns. It's the same drills, the same techniques, the same blocks. Everything is exactly the same between the preschool, the kids, and the adults. Uh, the only real difference is that the preschoolers learn a very minimalized uh, amount of those skills. Uh, the kids and the adults learn all of those skills, and the uh, adults, uh, they get the skills in a little more in-depth, a little more uh, the classes for the adults are just a little bit more technical based, whereas the classes for the kids are a little bit more fun, fun based, if you will. So that should answer that question. The next one is, uh, do I have to pay a lot of money to learn from a good instructor? That is <laughs> that is a really, really, really good question, actually, even though it, it kind of sounds like I don't know. To me, when I first read it, I thought it sounded kind of silly, but really thinking about it, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Do you have to pay a lot of money to learn from a good instructor? So in other words, if you have a discount rate, are you going to get a crappy instructor, I guess, is uh, kind of the other end of that question. Uh, the answer to that, I would say, is is a loaded question. There is no definite yes or no to that particular question because it all depends on a lot of different variables. There are a lot of poor quality instructors that teach poor quality martial arts and charge a premium for it and have 500 students in their academies and drive, you know, exotic cars. There are also a lot of really top-notch instructors that teach a great program and they had trouble paying the rent. So, you know, there's so many variables that go into that particular question that there is no yes or no answer to that. Um, I would just say be weary of anything that sounds too good to be true. 
You know, if everybody, every martial arts school in the area is charging $200 a month and you find this one school that's $79 a month, I, I would really be hesitant to join that cheaper one because there's got to be some reason why they're okay cutting themselves short and devaluing what they're doing by such a large measure compared to everybody else. You know, they're not just good Samaritans. There's got to be, you know, a good reason. They're, you know, they're not going to, you know, oh, I'm not worried about my rent this month because I want to help people. We have to worry about the rent. That's just one of the facts of life in the world today. That's one of the things you got to do. You know, if you can't pay the rent, then you can't help your students. And that's just a fact of life. So I would be weary of anybody who's just really, really low in price compared to everybody else, because there's, again, there's got to be a reason for that. But in the same token, I would be really weary of somebody that's drastically the other direction in price. You know, again, if everybody is charging $200 a month for classes in your town, but this guy down the road is charging $350, I would be a little bit weary of that. And that doesn't mean he's not, you know, maybe that guy is worth $350. Maybe his program is just so good and it's so exciting and he has the best equipment and he's just got the best staff that you could ever hope to ask for in a martial art academy. Maybe that's why he's $150 more than everybody else. So, you know, apprehensive, yes, I would definitely be, but uh, I would I would definitely check them out. I probably wouldn't even go to the one that was 79. I wouldn't even waste time going there because I would know something was wrong there. You know, maybe they're I don't, there's just like a ton of things. That's, that actually, the first thing that comes to my mind as a parent is that might be somebody that's looking to prey on a child. And that's why they have those cheap prices so they can do what they do and, and move on to the next town, you know, and that's just where, where my mind immediately goes. So I wouldn't even go to a place that's like super cheap compared to everybody else. Um, I might go to the one that's more expensive though, if I can afford it. I would go and check it out and see if it's worth that extra price. It might be, you know, I might go to the one that's 200, two schools that are 200 and go to the one that's 350 and say, wow, you know, there's a big difference there. This one is well worth 350. I would, matter of fact, I would pay 400 for it. It's so good. And the, you know, the $200 school was, was okay. This one was other $200 school was okay, but this other one stood out hand over foot. So you know, price is something to take into the equation when you're looking for a martial art academy, but it's not the be-all, end-all, and it is not an indication of quality of instructor, quality of academy, quality of the system that they teach. Um, you just need to go in and figure those things out for yourself. You need to see really where you fit, where you would like to be, and that's the direction you need to go. And then the price will come after that. Because, you know, if you have the the worst system or the worst instructors in the world at your school, but you only charge $49 on the surface, if you're just looking at price, wow, that's super bargain. That's super cheap. What a deal. I got to get there. But inside, there's no there's no value to it. So that $49, instead of becoming a, a great deal compared to the other school that was 200, it becomes a ripoff because it's not worth anything. So you want to find value in your, your program that you're looking into. Uh, and that value is going to lie within the system that is taught, the instructors that teach it and the way 
the interaction is in the school. Uh, culture is what they call it. You want to look for a good culture that you would like to be a part of because that's what a, a good martial art academy is all about is uh, culture. So if you find a good culture in there, you like the instructor, you like what's being taught, you think is beneficial, and you really like being a part of that school's culture, that's the place for you to figure out price later. If you can afford it, do it. doesn't matter how much it is. If you can afford it and all those things line up, just do it. Um, if you can't afford it, then you have to look at other options. You know, you may have to settle a little bit if you, you know, that one school that's perfect for you just is outside of the availability. Or, you know, you also have the option of rearranging things uh, financially to make it work. Or you can hold off until you can afford the place that you really, really want to be. So that that's kind of your choice. You can either settle a little bit and go to the school the best school that you can afford, or you can rearrange finances or wait until you can afford the school that you really want to be at. But uh, I emphasize, by the way, really want to be at. That's where that's where you need to focus. Anyway, that was long-winded on that one. Uh, the next one, this is uh, the last question in this particular episode. What is the best style of martial art? This one is, <laughs> this is the most debated thing in all of martial arts. There's fanboys and, uh, you know, pages all over the internet that will tell you that what they do is the best. Everything else sucks. Uh, you shouldn't do anything except what they're, they're telling you. And some of them have really good systems and they have reasons to brag and, you know, they've done other things. So they have reasons to kind of. I don't want to say bash because I think anybody that just goes around bashing other things other people are doing, they're not their opinions aren't viable. You know, if that's the best, if that's all you can do is say, "Oh, you suck, you suck, you suck," and I'm cool, then maybe you're not as cool as you think, and maybe those other things don't suck as much as you say because your word carries less value in those situations. Um, I try my hardest not to devalue anybody else's martial arts style. Uh, I do feel that what we do is superior in a lot of different ways compared to other things. But, you know, you can say those things in a, in a nice way without degrading the other people. You know, nobody wants to be degraded in what they chose to do and what they chose to put their faith and their love and their um, time invested in. So don't degrade those people uh, if you disagree with what they're doing specifically. But uh, what is the best style? It, it depends on largely your goals. It depends largely on your goals. If you're looking to compete and you want to be, you know, you're one of those people that just wants to be a number one kind of guy or a number one kind of girl, then you need to get into something competitive. And um, if you're getting into something competitive, there are like karate tournaments and stuff like that. But honestly, those are I, I wouldn't suggest going that route if that's who you are. If you're that competitive alpha kind of personality that just wants to to go out and be number one and, you know, make a name for yourself and that kind of thing, maybe win prize money or just kind of get some fame or something like that, um, you probably just need to go straight into a place that teaches either boxing or Krav Maga in addition to either wrestling or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling, those are the two main 
uh, submission grappling type arts that people do in competition, and then boxing and Muay Thai are the two most common striking arts that are used in those type of competitions. So uh, any combination of those two, one of the striking, one of the submission type is going to be the route you want to go if that's your goal. But uh, if you're not really interested in being king of the world, you know, you want to learn to defend yourself. You want to learn something that's, you know, practical, something that's not going to destroy your body. Then you have to go a different route. And again, there's different, different routes to go for that. You know, if you're looking for something to defend yourself in a world that's kind of seems like it's going haywire, then that's what you want to look for. You want to look for something that's practical. That's not like grotesquely scenario based. Like one of the things that's really uh, seems to be scenario based is uh, Krav Maga. The Israeli it's from what I've been told, it's actually like a two week course for military and police and whatnot over in Israel. But here they've turned it into, they've stretched it out somehow into an entire martial arts system. But, um, that one is, you know, they learn stuff that military needs to know. If you're a civilian, most of that stuff you don't need to know. You don't need to know how to run around and disarm an M16 from a military fighter. You know, a lot of those things are just not going to be practical for the everyday person. Um, and a lot of it involves scenarios. Scenarios, um, if you're in armed service, they come in handy because you need to know what to do in a lot of different specific circumstances to deal with, you know, weapons, unarmed, ground, standing, hanging from a helicopter, you know, you got to learn a lot of uh, specific things and situations. As a civilian, the problem lies, you're not going to remember a gazillion different scenarios for everyday life because there's so many things that can happen and they can happen in so many different ways. Uh, if you think about you know, you go out into the world, all the different things that could happen in the different ways involving the different things. It is an endless amount of scenarios you would have to practice to be prepared for all those different things. And your mind, first off, you're not going to be able to memorize effectively all those different things unless you're training, you know, seven days a week for six hours a day. Um, secondly, your mind is not going to have the ability in a fight or flight stressful situation to go through the memory banks and select that one specific scenario, pull it out and utilize it. It's just, you don't have that kind of time in those situations. You need to learn something that's very practical. It's very simple and it's very easy to use something that you can learn one thing, but it can be used in multiple different situations under different circumstances. Um, even with different amounts of attackers that's what you need to be looking for if you're looking for something self-defense um, also depending on your your age you need to be looking at something that's going to not deteriorate your body and i mean if you're doing jujitsu and you're 60 years old you just have to be real you are deteriorating your body because all those joint manipulations are horrible for tendons and ligaments, as well as just the joints themselves, the cartilage inside the joints. Anytime you're bending a joint backwards, it's really bad for your body. So if you're young and you want to do competitions, more power to you. I'm not going to tear you down in any shape, form, or fashion. But I will say if you're 60 years old and you're joined jujitsu to defend yourself for whatever reason 
you want to get into competitions or whatever, you need to realize that it's going to deteriorate your body. It's not going to build your health. It's actually going to take your health from you. Uh, the same goes for a lot of traditional styles of martial arts where um, the strikes implore full joint locks. Uh, anytime you lock fully out your joint, you actually hyperextend it to a certain degree. And again, it's horrible for your joints. So you don't want to do that as an adult. That's why a lot of uh, when you go to seminars for certain traditional styles of martial arts, the oldest people you'll you'll see like really old grandmasters that are teaching and they teach the instructors. But past that generation, everybody's fairly young. The oldest people you usually see are maybe 40, but almost always they're under 40. Uh, sometimes they barely reach the mid 30s. And another thing, though, all the adult ones, you're going to see them wearing knee braces and ankle braces and elbow braces and this brace and that brace because of the way they train and what it's doing to their body. Uh, so you want to be very careful if you're a grown person in what art you choose. You want to make sure that it helps you reach the goals that you have in mind, but you also want to make sure that it's not going to destroy your body. Um, what we like to do with uh, universal martial art is it, it promotes health. You know, you get the practical self-defense. We don't do the competition. So, you know, if that's what you're looking for, you won't like what we do. But if you're looking for practical self-defense, you're looking to uh, help improve your fitness, you're looking to, uh, to become healthier and kind of ward off aging, what we do does that. So, you know, universal martial art is a, a good art for anybody who wants practical self-defense, more uh, fitness, and to be healthier. You know, may, we can't set back the time. There's no martial art you can do that's going to erase the wrinkles on your face and hands. But you can do certain styles of martial arts, which will actually slow down the aging process and not on your, your body, but also in your mind, which is pretty awesome. All right. Looked like that segment ran a little bit on. So uh, I'm just going to add here that this is the end. We've reached all our questions for this particular uh, podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. If you stayed on all the way to this point here to the end, kudos to you for your uh, your diligence. I uh, hope to see you back to listen to more of the podcast as we move forward. And again, if you have any questions or anything you would like addressed in a future podcast, reach out and let us know. You can reach us at info, I-N-F-O, at Cartersville ckd.com. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you on the next one.